What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined as always by... Oh, wait. Tonight, <laughs> joined by not a man, but a moose. Oh. A beautiful, beautiful set of antlers and some opposable thumbs that he sends tweets out. Joined by none other than at DFF Moose on Twitter. Mike, welcome to the show, buddy. How you doing? Thank you very much, Max. I'm doing well. It's uh, we're finally starting to get some decent weather here in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. So, been able to actually, you know, get outside a little bit, enjoy the summer. Just recently signed a lease for a new apartment this upcoming September. So, vibes are good. I know there's a lot of pressure today. I'm actually following up uh, Alex Tordai for the guest appearance. So, I know it's a lot of pressure oh, on me today. I uh, definitely some really good takes from him on the last episode. So. Happy to be here, and thanks for having me. Alex Tordai, not a man to be outdone in anything. Um, so I would not want to be in your shoes right now. But this is great. So anytime we can do a show, you know, and just cut Dan out of the picture, that's really the end. Yeah, game, absolutely. Right? You know, he, I, would, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> he comes with his numbers and his tests. And I'm like, Dan, the numbers are for nerds. Nobody wants to hear this stuff, all right? So fun. <laughs> Uh, so I figured we'd get you on the show because one of my favorite things you do is, uh, without telling any of us, you started this nice little Twitter burner account for yourself and you started posting some great polls and getting a lot of good engagement on the account again at DFF moose on Twitter. So we love Dan, but, um, this is a little bit of a different show. So I'm going to run quick through some, uh, some of the news this week and then get into some of the polls you've been posting and uh, getting some good results on lately. So let's kick it off, though. Big news this week. We had Cam Akers last week. Devastating for me. Um, Michael Thomas this week. High ankle sprain last year. Probably came back too early, and now he's got a whole bunch of setbacks brewing. What are your thoughts on Michael Thomas? It's tough, man, especially uh, I know I just recently had traded for Michael Thomas in one of our leagues together. Um, that was actually a trade with Alex Tordai. Uh, so I, um, you know, I had a feeling that this things maybe weren't right. Uh, like you said, he hurt that ankle in week one of last year. Um, and he did play a few games midseason that he looked pretty decent in, but it looked like he was just not exactly the same player. Um, goes into the offseason hoping for it to heal naturally, like most players would want to do, especially he's not too old at this point, um, still only 28 years old or so. So um, people were, I think some people were assuming that he was just going to get the surgery at the end of the year, um, in the offseason, at the beginning of the offseason, and um, I don't know if you listen to uh, Dr. Jesse Morris with Fantasy Doctors, um, but he actually uh, put out some red flags that a lot of people were assuming he got the surgery and that Thomas was just trying to let it heal naturally and that if it didn't heal naturally, this could be an injury that lingers with him for a while. So, um, you know, there was already some some doubts as to if he was going to be quite as effective this year. I really wish that he had just gotten that surgery uh, at the beginning of the offseason. I know um, Sean Payton and uh, I think Mickey Loomis is their GM. They came out and said, look, we tried to give him uh, the leeway to do what he wanted, but we really wish we got this figured out sooner, should have had that surgery. So um, he'll be out the first six weeks of the season, which, um, you know, that's probably a best case scenario. So let's just hope that, you know, halfway through the season, we'll be able to see the Saints have the same high powered offense they, they used to have, but obviously Sands Drew Brees now, but um, definitely a disappointment. Not not good news for a Michael Thomas owner. 
Yeah. High ankle sprains are no joke, man. Um, I had a friend who was a division one golfer in college and he had a high ankle sprain and I don't think he walked right for like 18 months for like us normal humans, um, not getting shot up with all kinds of painkillers to play through this stuff. Um, it is no joke of an injury. It's interesting the fallout, right? Because it's one of those teams where like behind Michael Thomas, a wide receiver and other pass catchers, like what do they have? You know? So I'm sitting here looking, I mean, we talked about it with torts on the last show. I think I threw the question to Dan of like, is Traquan Smith finally going to happen? I mean, the odds of that just went through the roof, right? (laughs) But I'm also looking at, at Marquez Calloway, um, a player that kind of snuck through the scouting industrial complex last year. Didn't get a lot of love and draft capital there, but you know, he had a game or two last year as a rookie, um, getting into the mix where he flashed a little bit. So, uh, you know, I think he's the cheaper option, both in Dynasty and if you're going to draft a redraft team in the next three weeks. Um, but I know a player that we both love and we're already thinking might be poised for a breakout this year, infinitely more possible now. That's Adam Troutman. Is that somebody that you're still gunning after in Dynasty Leagues? A hundred percent. And I think, you know, it's a guy that I was trying to acquire in some other leagues. I have him um, in one of the leagues that we're in together. Um, and I n- definitely the price has started to slowly creep up ever since that Michael Thomas injury. I think people are realizing t- Troutman was one of those guys that you get as a rookie and stash them because you know that no one else is really going to be looking out for them. But year two, that's when their stock just slowly starts to creep up. So um, I'm definitely excited about him. Um, I know between those those two receivers that you were talking about, I would probably lean Callaway because he does have, he, he, you know, I see Traquan Smith has never finished above a wide receiver 75 or so, um, you know, and I get a little bit more excited about the young guy that might be able to come in. But Troutman, I think, will be a good, uh, really good player and probably a decent safety blanket um, for whichever QB they put in there. So, yeah. Traquan's kind of got the weight of the world on his shoulders, right? You really want to see. He's had some big boom weeks, but like you said, could never really finish a season with anything, you know, notable for people starting him on fantasy. Um, He's had those, you know, 100-yard and two-touchdown games. Uh, But I think this is also really interesting for, obviously, someone who's coveted in dynasty circles. I mean, this could easily be 100 110, 120-plus target season for Alvin Kamara, right? He might be the most talented pass catcher on the team right now. Oh, God, yeah. I Like, I, I think we were joking around before. I said he'll probably line up literally outside, like, sometimes li- being the guy that with the best hands and the best footwork on that team. They're going to they're gonna find ways to use him more than ever before. Um, I know some people were worried about the change from Drew B- Brees, but um, the Michael Thomas injury, obviously, people, we need to remember, too, that Emmanuel Sanders isn't on this team anymore either, so... Um, you know, I think Alvin Kamara is in route to a top five finish again this year. So, yeah, absolutely. So let's dig into some of the polls you've been throwing out there to the crowds lately. And, uh, one of the first ones I want to get into is Jalen Waddle rookie phenom versus uh coming back from a forgotten 2020 season mr Cortland sutton so talk to me a little bit why you threw this poll out there and uh, why don't you quickly give us some of the results that you got after a little while yeah totally so i know with this one in particular um this is a little bit more of a uh general poll for i was seeing these guys linked closely together on 
all sorts of different ranking sites. So sometimes I just like to throw it out there to see what everyone thinks, gauge people's opinions on on their value. Obviously, I know in this particular poll, Sutton did come out on top with 49% of the vote. Jalen Waddle, uh, very close behind though at 44%. With I always do put in a little qualifier if you uh, can't decide button on my polls because I don't want people you know just choosing a player because they want to see the results. So um, Waddle slightly behind him. Um, I know personally I own Jalen Waddle in a league, so that it has some ramifications for myself. I definitely I see him as a player that can maybe not explode year one, but with him being reunited with Tua, um, you know, that's huge for me. I know that his yards after the catch uh, capability is just off the charts. So with him, Tua likes to throw the short ball every now and then. So I think those two could click very well together. Um, I don't know how you feel about Sutton. I know that you own him in one of our leagues. Um, So how how do you value him in comparison to Waddle? Yeah, I mean, in Dynasty, I was actually very surprised when you said that these guys were close in rankings because I don't think it would be too close for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want Sutton. Mm-hmm. He is that alpha, true, prototypical number one wide receiver that teams really covet in the NFL. And it's probably the third show in a row I've said this. People's memories are short, right? 2019, playing with Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, and the rookie version of the gunslinger, Drew Locke. He went for 72 receptions, 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns. I mean, that is a great fantasy season for anybody. And for a guy who's pretty much 25 right now, you know, maybe on the later side of 25, um, he's the guy I want. I think that offense is ascending. I think he's going to continue to get better. The injury happened early enough last year where he basically missed the entire season. So had the full year to kind of recover. Um, I definitely want Sutton, but I do see your love for Jalen Waddle, Mm -hmm. right? This is a guy that in only conference play in the COVID season, right? All SEC competition only got to really play four games, goes eight, 134, and two touchdowns to open the season, follows it up with five, 142, and one. Six catches for a buck 20, no touchdowns in game three, and six for 161 and one. So the deep threat ability of this guy, fantastic returner too. This is a guy Mm -hmm. that averaged close to 20 yards per punt return in college. That is not kick return. That's punt return numbers. (laughs) Um, Absolutely massive upside. It's just when you stack a speedster up against a guy that really has a complete skill set, can do it all play that true number one wide receiver role and has shown you know thousand yard season on his resume already that's the guy i'm gonna want there's no doubt man it's when you watch film of sutton the man's he's like six four or something i think um and he just goes up and gets the ball every damn time so his film is extremely impressive as is jalen waddle's film is just ridiculous watching especially um last year too just seeing mac jones just drop it right in his lap for a, a you know 80 yard touchdown um it's just i i think both of these guys have I, I if i'm comparing pairing the two i would say that waddle has that big playability that you're going to look down at your phone on sundays and see 85 yard touchdown to jalen waddle you know from the 15 yard line that's but that will come with time and a lot can go wrong with these speedsters but um to me while waddle is a little bit more than just a speedster the way <clears throat> that he just shifts around 
uh, after the catch and is able to evade defenders is just super impressive to me. And I think that it could lead to, you know, a very valuable, at least wide receiver, um, mid wide receiver two numbers as could Sutton. So I think there's a reason that these, these guys, you know, came in a close tight race on the pole. So. Yeah. I kind of sunk my own battleship giving you that punt return stat. That's huh? right. I mean, oh he's yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely elusive in space. Um, but let's talk about another pair of players that are both very elusive in space. So this one, even probably higher up on most dynasty boards, um, you threw one out there, DeAndre Swift versus Antonio Gibson, former Memphis H back. Um, talk to me about why you put this one out there and the results that came from it. That's right. So, uh, basically this one, I was thinking a little bit, um, of my brother, Dan, if for those that don't know, my, my older brother is Dan, the co-host of the show. So, um, he is a DeAndre Swift, uh, fanboy, and I have taken a huge liking to Antonio Gibson over the past, uh, year, obviously as most people should. Um, so, this poll, it ended up with 51% of people voting for Gibson and 45% of people voting for Swift, which actually did surprise me because especially if you look a few months ago, Swift is easily um, the, the, the better option out of these two, especially in the, the dynasty community. If you're making trades and you're drafting people, you have to understand the value that other people, your league mates, put into those players. So um, personally, I, I feel like Gibson is someone that should or at least could be um, ranked above Swift, um, even though both of them are such similar players. You know, Gibson's a little bit bigger. He's It strikes me as a little bit more explosive. Um, but, you know, it, Gibson had the toe turf or, or uh, turf toe issue lingering in, late in the season, but DeAndre Swift was out with concussion. Um, what else was it? Were there other injuries that he had? Or was it just like, Oh yeah. He missed a few yeah. games last year. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, but neither, neither of these guys seasons came easy, especially for Swift. So, um, you could argue that there was some, some left to be, um, it, it, some underachieving due to those injur- injuries. So he could absolutely explode this year. Um, so do you have a favorite of these two? Do you agree with the wisdom of the crowds here? I would personally agree with the wisdom of the crowds here. I just think, as I mentioned, he has um, just – I really like with how the Washington football team offense is shaping up as a whole. Um, I know that – I think that Logan Thomas is legit. I think he's uh, a late bloomer. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a solid fit for that offense and what they're trying to do. Um, you know, they added Diami Brown, Curtis Samuel um, to go along with Terry. And I think from everything that they've been saying out of camp, especially Ron Rivera raves about Gibson um, as would any, you know, head coach, but he has made it a point that they want to get him more targets this season, which is especially important as I own him in uh, a PPR league too. So, um, you know, I just think that he has the ability to shock people with how uh, his, his eye for the end zone as well. And just his pure um, just top end speed and strength. So, I like Gibson more. He, he's a phenomenal athlete. Um, absolutely a size speed freak. You know, my take on this is we saw Gibson have a thousand, all thousand all purpose yards in year one, right? He's got elite speed. He was number eight in juke rate among running backs last year, which is evaded tackles per touch. So serious, serious ability to make people miss in space. Also, he basically played receiver at Memphis. So we knew the receiving ceiling was there. Funny thing is we saw more of the rushing. The rushing was always the question yep. mark, right? And he showed without a shred of doubt 
last year that he can run between the tackles. He can do it all as a back. The reason I'm going to lean DeAndre Swift here, and it's not by much. I think they're very close. The reason I'm going to lean DeAndre Swift, this is somebody that didn't even play 50% of snaps last year, had some injury concerns, still number 16 in running back in points per game as a running back for fantasy. Detroit gets Penny Sewell. I think you can make a serious case that he was one of the top five, if not top three players in this draft position agnostic, yeah. right? He is, this guy's a monster. He's going to offer massive offensive line upgrade for Detroit who I'm not sure. I know who Detroit's number one wide receiver is right now. That's not named <laughs> TJ Hawkinson. I mean, you have Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> yeah. You have Amon Ross St. Brown. Hopefully I'm, I'm a believer in that kid. I hope he seizes the job, but the same argument we just made for Alvin Kamara, right? This yep. season, like consolidating a lot of these targets among the players on the field. Um, DeAndre Swift could be looking at the very same thing. And when push comes to shove, this is probably where Dan and I will agree, the ghost of Dan on the show right now. Um, I'm going to lean on the college profile. And DeAndre, DeAndre Swift, when he was early in his career, made Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb head to the bench so he could go catch passes. Okay. Yep. So this is a guy that's been doing it since day one. And we've seen them both do it in the NFL. I'm going to go with the guy just by a hair that has a better track record of success from college through today. I dig it. I, I, I can't fault you there at all. Um, I guess I would make the argument that Gibson possibly has a little bit, um, you know, more tread on his, on his tires for having not had to, you know, run into an offensive or a defensive line, um, you know, for so many years, but um, both of them great receiving potential. Uh, and they're both going to be heavily used this upcoming year. So I think it's for me, Gibson proved more than uh, I expected in Swift, just unfortunately out of his hand injuries that just crept up and he could be in, in route to a monster year next year for sure. Yeah. So let's round out the show and talk about the most important position in real football. And if you're playing in Superflex leagues, probably one of the most important positions on oh, your yeah. team too. This one is probably the closest of all of them, not knowing what the numbers are. Justin Fields versus Trey Lance. Why'd you throw the poll out? And what ultimately were you shown by uh, by the votes that came in? Yeah, totally. So I know this is a debate that has been happening pretty much on every uh, you know fantasy podcast, every fantasy YouTube channel. Um, I The reason I posted this is because I was stuck with this decision. I think it was with the... 106 or the 107 in one of our drafts um i knew that i wanted to take a qb and it was just who do i choose between these two studs so uh posted the poll and it came out uh, 46 percent for each of these uh eight percent could not decide is they're in the same boat as myself just so switzerland all so yeah, over the map literally it did not help a single ounce so um i think it just goes to show how tight the battle is between these two guys so um, I did end up choosing Justin Fields. I just went with my gut. I know that this kid's just been such a highly touted prospect for so long. Uh, he's backed it up for years. Um, and I just, you know, Trey Lance really didn't skyrocket up those rankings until his landing spot um, came to fruition, which obviously I understand that the 49ers offense has a lot of potential with him, especially with him inside it. But I just I, I, I want to go with the proven track record and the talent in Justin Fields. Trey Lance, as amazing as his raw talent is, has only played one real full season, which I'm sure you can talk about that one full full season was pretty darn good. So 
he, I mean, he lit it up. 2019, we're talking 2,700 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, and zero, zero interceptions. He added to that 1,100 rushing yards and another 14 tutties on the ground. Um, this is an interesting one because when we talk about the first couple, right, wide receiver versus wide receiver, running back versus running back, they're all close in age. They're all, you know, relatively close in, in um, you know, rankings right now i think when you talk about super flex you could really get into some game theory here right yeah. where if you're saying you know i already have a quarterback let's say i have a justin herbert that i took in the first round and then i'm coming back a couple rounds later targeting a quarterback if i already have somebody that i think is a stable stable can't miss option i might lean for the upside of trey lance right i think there's e easily a case you can make for that because We've seen it with Lamar Jackson in his MVP season. Like these guys with absolutely stellar rushing ability can break fantasy football, right? Absolutely. You don't even have to be the best passer. Um, that said, Justin Fields was PFF's highest graded quarterback in 2020. This kid runs a 4-5-1. 4-5-1. Elite, also elite speed of the quarterback, right? Trey Lance, everybody talks about the rushing. Yeah. Justin Fields can run maybe almost just as well as Trey Lance exactly. can. And he's a much more accomplished passer, but 800 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns over the last two years. He also has a very high floor for rushing. People like to poke holes in the Ohio State quarterback thing, right? But it's just yep. recency bias. Cardell Jones, that's great. He was great at Ohio State, didn't get the draft capital, right? Justin Fields goes in the top 15. Dwayne Haskins, Opposite problem. Gets the draft yeah. capital, but he's a pocket passer. No rushing ability. Yeah. So Justin Fields checks all the boxes you want to see. I was dragging the NFL scouting group on Twitter leading up to the oh, draft because yeah. it kept just talking about him falling and falling and falling. This is somebody with like a 97th percentile touchdown to interception ratio for his career. Yeah, He checks all the boxes I want to see. I like both these prospects, but I think if I'm taking my first stab at quarterback in a super flex league, it's Justin Fields. I don't know if the weapons conversation changes anything for you, like landing, like talk to me about Shanahan with, I mean, I'm not a huge coordinator and offensive guy as much as I am the weapons that surround a quarterback. What do you think about that? I'm, uh, I was just going to bring something up along those lines. So for, I, I guess I would start with just the, the draft capital aspect of people really leaning on the fact with Lance that, oh, it's Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan moved up to get him at number three. You know, they traded traded up to get him. So didn't the Bears, you know, to get Justin Fields at number 10. Um, and, again, another talking point is that the, the weapons are just so much more impressive with the 49ers when, you know, if I'm matching up these different weapons, I would say that Allen Robinson is the best weapon on either of those teams. Um, then you're probably looking at George Kittle for the for the second best on for the 49ers. And then, you know, at that point, Ayuk and um, Samuel could, could be huge. You know, if, if Lance is dumping out passes to them when, you know, he could either go out for a run or dump off a pass to them and they get a nice, um, you know, big gain with that's their specialty is yards after the carry after the after the catch. Um, I think that they definitely their wide receiving core is a little bit more impressive. But Darnell Mooney, uh, who is another one of my my favorite guys, um, and I know that that Dan likes him as well. Um, you know, the poor guy was open so many times downfield and just got the ball thrown over his head. Um, yeah. So Justin Fields, 
both Justin Fields and Trey Lance are known to be very accurate passers, but Justin Fields especially. So I just don't see a huge disparity. I know that the 49ers, you, you know, you got Raheem Mostert and, um, you know, Trey Sermon, some sort of combination of them. But David Montgomery, you know, he proved to people that he's no joke last year. Uh, and I know that Matt Nagy wants to be able to get him more um, more involved next year. So I don't think it's enough of a difference for me to move Lance ahead of him because of the coach or the, the weapons. I don't think there's a huge disparity between the two. Let's not forget about my guy. Everybody loves to forget about him. Tariq Cohen, baby. Yep. Fantastic wide receiver out of the backfield. Did not play last year. Dan never lets me talk about him on the show, but the ghost of Dan can't tell me what to do that's right i'm going to talk about Tariq cohen so dan, dan can hurt you anymore I, max <laughs> i think it's uh i think it's interesting i'm i love this conversation i love seeing the side for lance because you can absolutely make some upside i mean like you said that kind of rushing season breaks fantasy football um but i think both are great and i just love kind of the influx of talent for Superflex leagues this year right i mean you absolutely. can get elijah moore in the mid second round because there's oh, yeah. five quarterbacks going in the first round exactly i know that you even i i don't i think it was zach wilson that you may have scooped up with one of the last picks in the first round of um of our super flex draft in one league and it's just you know that the talent was absolutely out there with qb qb talent this year and it allowed some of those guys like you said to fall uh where you normally wouldn't see them so lots of really good wide receiving talent um, that you could scoop up in the middle middle of the second round, which was awesome. Well, this was great, man. Thank yeah. you for coming on. Keep keep the polls coming. Um, you know, this is good stuff. I really like kind of trading. You know, Dan and I like to really deep dive on these stats. And I was all jokes about Dan aside. We love Dan. Dan's a man. He'll be back next week. Yes, right. But it's nice to have a little bit more of what's the Twitterverse saying, right? Exactly. Like I I wouldn't have guessed people were ranking Antonio Gibson above DeAndre Swift for sure. Um. So this is helpful, but I think uh, unless you have anything else to add, man, I say we get out of here. I think we, uh, I think we're all set. I think that's enough for for one Thursday night. All right. Well, you get to pick your sign off. You can't take thanks for tuning in because that's Dan's thing. So gonna put you on the spot. Getting out of here for today. This is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs>